be destroyed on site. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on site. Welcome back. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, intermission episode 32, and I am your host, Lee. Drunk plenty of tea in Mayfair without finding dead bodies at my feet, Russell. <laughs> I'm joined by my co-host, Lee. Already killed 15 men, Hardy. How are you doing, ma'am? Feeling fantastic after those 15 kills. It's quite yeah. the adrenaline rush. Yeah. You did them in all specialized ways, either, you know, after plagues or just uh, comically uh, on the nose. Kills. A large fan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we're joined again uh, by our other co-host, Paul. Regal claws of noble birds guard well your place of rest for those poor fools that dare intrude. The penalty is death, Ramali. How are you doing, sir? Uh, very good. Also known as a big, hot cup of man milk. <laughs> uh, and we are back. We are covering the sequel to the abominable Dr. Fibes um, that we did in the last intermission episode. Here we're doing Dr. Fibes Rises Again from 1972. this unholy tomb, the Avenger rises, the abominable Dr. Fives, the most deadly mastermind of all crime. Specialist in the fine art of bizarre murder, each more different, each more devilish than the last. The scorpions embrace. You bloody man! Dr. Fibes, and as another victim falls, the world awaits your next blow of vengeance. Only one man, only 
one menace, only one diabolical mind could create such chilling terror. That's not a common thief, sir. Then, Inspector, we are faced with an impossible task. Well, there's no force in all the world could win a fight against such a supreme opponent. Run, but you can't escape him. Hide, but he'll find you. Scream, but no one will hear you. And this is again directed by uh, Robert Fust, uh, written by him, Robert Blees, James Wilton, and William Goldstein. Again, we have the excellent Vincent Price as Dr. Anton Fibes. And now we have Robert Quarry as Darius Biederbeck. And Robert Quarry at this time, and I, I'm sure. Paul is familiar with this guy. Uh, Count Yorga Vampire and the Return of Count Yorga are his big roles around mm-hmm. this this point, right? He was kind of situated by AIP at this point as like their new big horror star. And there's actually like a real rivalry behind the scenes between Vincent Price and this guy, apparently. Um, so, they did not I just, get along. Uh, heard a, I just heard a very nice interview with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were discussing Count Yorga and then and the the problems he was having filming it, and the one day he's like, you know, fuck it, I'm done, I'm leaving, and he left. But he was all dressed up in the Count Yorga outfit. Still, he was so mad he couldn't leave. And it was dark out, and it was raining, and he's walking, and he's falling in mud puddles the whole time. And he re- realized he didn't know which way he was going, and he, he found him in the woods later. <laughs> like he could, like they had to go and find him. Holy shit! Lady, but he was too stubborn to admit that he was uh, lost, and he didn't know what he was doing. But it was pretty funny <laughs> listening he- to him. He sounds like he was a bit of a prick because mm-hmm. um, from from what I read, the sort of problems he had with Vincent Price is he didn't like Vincent Price's sort of like overly theatrical style of acting and that he employed in a lot of his films, whereas mm-hmm. Quarry really wanted to take things super serious. So he sort of butted heads with Price on that. And this then, coming from Count Yorga. Mm-hmm. And but he also did uh, a, a couple other notable films at this time. He did Deathmaster, which he also played a vampire in. Uh, he played a mobster in Sugar Hill, which is the black zombie movie, black exploitation zombie movie uh, from around this period. And he also co-starred as well in Madhouse with Vincent Price, which I believe mm-hmm. was Vincent Price's last AIP film. And, it, and it's kind of a almost like meta film about Vincent Price and his relationship with AIP, if you kind of look into it. But like I said, he was set to be the next big star in horror. It didn't, didn't pan out. out. It didn't pan out because he had a really bad car accident where like he got hit by a car and it took him years to recover from it. And then he also had several other health problems afterwards because there was one incident where he was assaulted outside of his apartment and actually suffered a heart attack. He was beaten so badly. Holy. Mm-hmm. Holy. Yeah. <laughs> Although he, he did he did live long after this, and but his career was mostly in B movies after this, like really budget B movies. Although he is a teenage exorcist. Yes, he uh, is. Yeah. yeah. And he's very funny in it. Yeah, and uh of of Beverly Hills Vampire. What what's that one with fucking uh Beverly Hills Vamp or something like that? Like he, he's in some notable, like really low budget B movies mm-hmm. you know, over the next twenty years or whatever. He was uh, really good in, in uh Teenage Exorcist though. He is, he is. T- Teenage, Teenage Exorcist, Exorcist is 
teenage exorcist it's really underrated actually like it it's, it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. um we have uh, valley kemp as uh, volnavia uh taking over the role here uh, the original actress was pregnant at the time, so she could not do the role. So, uh, well, we'll just get another model who never had a movie career after this to to fill the void, I guess, is, is what they did here. Because she went on to do maybe like two minor roles in something else, and that was the extent of her movie career. We have Peter Jeffrey returning as Inspector Trout. We have Fiona Lewis as uh, Diana Throwbridge, and she had a little minor kind of uh, exploitation kind of career uh notable roles the fearless vampire killers uh tinto ria killer shark the fury strange invaders in inner space uh she showed up in we have hugh griffith as harry ambrose peter cushing in what really just mm-hmm. amounts to a cameo here as captain uh and we'll we'll get more into peter cushing's yeah. role in this when we when we talk about the film uh beryl reed is miss ambrose terry thomas returning as a different character here is uh mm-hmm. lombardo doesn't get killed in this one um, not like longfellow no and john carter returning as well as superintendent waverly uh and also of note milton reed as the manservant ching uh this was a British Indian born actor and pro wrestler known as jungle boy back in the 1950s mm-hmm. when he started his career became the mighty Chang. So he became an Asian villain uh, in wrestling. Uh, he was doing wrestling alongside the point when he was doing acting as well. Notable roles, uh, he, or at least movies he appeared in blood of the vampire, the camp on blood Island night creatures. Uh, those are early hammer pictures, by the way, like pre hammer horror kind of thing. Um, people that time forgot Dr. No, the spy who loved me, the return of the pink Panther and the blood on Satan's claw. He actually had a pretty bad end as well. Apparently like went back to visit his family in India and got into like some sort of weird domestic dispute or like some sort of dispute between his family and other people that live near them. And I think got arrested and probably put in prison. And like the circumstances around his death are very uh, sketchy. I, from what I understand, his his widow never found out what happened to him kind of thing. Like they just kind of think he maybe died in an Indian prison somewhere. That's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, so we have a synopsis here from Ed Sutton on IMDb. The moon rises at a predestined angle and awakens the sleeping Dr. Fibes three years later. To his dismay, he finds his house has been demolished and his papyrus uh, scrolls stolen. The scrolls he needs to find the pharaoh's tomb in Egypt where the river of life flows. After identifying the source of the papyrus theft, he packs and leaves for Egypt with his assistant, Volnavia, still intent on uh, awakening his dead wife, Victoria. The parties responsible for the theft of five scrolls suffer an attrition problem as Inspector Trout traces them across the world. Yeah, that okay, sure, that's that's fine. We got the sequel to Doctor Fibes. It uh, gets a little bit campier, a little bit sillier, but also bloodier. But uh, we'll get into our sort of general thoughts here at first, uh, and I'll throw to you first, uh, Lady Lee. What are your sort of thoughts on this one? Um, I did prefer the first one. I found this one. I don't know. I didn't quite enjoy this one as much. I got a little bit confused with the storyline. I found there was a lot of jumping around where all of a sudden they were 
doing something different. Like where they literally tell you had to tell you where they were. Mm-hmm. It was the obvious. And there wasn't as much like back and forth banter between a lot of the characters. And I don't think Vincent Price got as many opportunities to like act without talking. Cause the things with the abominable Dr. Fives is that there's a lot of points where his acting looks so amazing. Like his over uh, the over exaggeration of everything is so good because he can't talk and he can't move mm-hmm. his mouth. And I don't think there was many uh, as many opportunities for him to do it in this one. Like I just didn't it didn't catch me. I I, I wasn't as uh, much of a fan on this one. All right, Paul. I can echo that pretty much. It's more way more tongue in cheek and you know and not clever tongue in cheek as as much as the original one. The other one is very, you know, sat- satire, you know, satire based and stuff. But mm-hmm. this one's just more just like, you know, squeeze those jokes and turn the screw a little bit on those joke machines. <laughs> yeah. Put everything on the nose. Like it is, mm-hmm. it is really, I, I gotta say, like, you can tell it's cheaper. Like the, there were production problems behind this film and like, it, it feels like one of those things where it's like, it's a rushed sequel. There's maybe not as mo- as much money behind it. The editing is much more choppy. Like it, it like mm-hmm. Lady Lee was saying, it will jump from one thing to another really quickly. Like you'll see a scene of Doctor Fives in his new you know home or whatever doing something cool, and then there's a smash cut to like a couple people talking in a desert doing stuff. Right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's very um it's very scattershot in its editing, but at the same time, it's definitely, there's a thought behind this production to make it more ambitious. Like they were kind of like, we got to do like the globe trotting Dr. Fives film where we can have like, we can have Dr. Fives set against an adversary. That's, you know, a little bit more worthy than like a bunch of doctors that are unwittingly being killed, you know? Right. Uh, so there, there was some thought behind this, but it feels like the production kind of just, cut it off at the at the legs you know like just kind of hamstrung the the entire thing i mean i I will give it credit it still looks really good like the art deco design and stuff from the first film are still it's still really present in this and i think it helps overcome a lot of the budget shortcomings that are pretty obvious otherwise and yeah it it just feels like they should put more money into it. Like it, it felt like it tried too hard. Like well, the, the other story. thing about the film too is it's a different dynamic than the first one. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, really, the first one was a revenge crazed Doctor Fives killing innocent doctors. That what happened was out of their hands, and they tried. Mm-hmm. This guy's a prick, and now Doctor Fives is trying to complete this noble quest to bring back his wife, and these people keep fucking with him and getting in his way, and he has to kill them. You know what I mean? Like it's a different dynamic too. They try to make him more of an anti-hero in this, right? Like it's an anti, yeah, it's an anti-hero kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Once we get into the trivia and stuff, like there, there was thoughts of like making this, and I even mentioned it in the trivia in the first uh, film. There were thoughts of making this like a big series, right? So this feels like the transition film where it's like, okay, we're gonna make Doctor Fibes more of a sympathetic, like anti-hero, more than like a sympathetic flat out villain so -hmm. in this one he's competing like a total fucking arrogant prick who is robert quarry here this guy who is he had a vial of i guess the waters of this this you know immortality river that you can go down or whatever like he had a vial of it that's been sustaining him for like hundreds of years and he's near the end of it like he he's run out of the waters so he's 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 looking for like the actual river so he can keep on going 
and he's just this arrogant prick who's dedicated. He's got this super hot fucking girlfriend who he won't marry. Uh, Fiona Lewis is Diana, and she's she's not really privy to his plans. Like she doesn't know that he's like a near mortal dude who's been li- alive for like hundreds of years. Like she's mm-hmm. she just thinks he's this like kind of hot fucking adventurer guy who goes around you know looking for ruins and shit like that and she just wants to get married like she just she just wants someone to spend her life with and he's like obsessed with living forever and making her live forever and he he never really uh he never really clues her into his plans right like he's kind of like then that's sort of the folly of his character right that's what makes him the villain of this piece is he's he's just like oh she'll she'll accept that uh I'm going to make her my in, uh, immortal bride or whatever. Like he, he never, really, you know, clears it with her or anything like that. Communication is key to a good relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Uh, I do enjoy the, the, how much he loves her though. Cause like even at the end, cause if you think about it, he, everyone was disposable to him. Everyone mm-hmm. he could just pick off. And then where is that moment where this is the last chance for him to get this and he knows it and he still goes and saves her and yeah. instead of, Yeah. Like trying to just save himself. He kind of so as much as an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he sh- he should have clued her in, right? Like, but I mean, the way the movie's structured, if he had clued her in from the from the get go, and she was still on board, she would would have just been another villain, basically, and she would have mm-hmm. been disposable for fives, like just just to kill kind of thing. So just you, somebody you, else in the way. Yeah, so to make her like a uh, a bargaining chip, basically for between Fibes and him, is is where the plot goes. It, it would have been nice if there were scenes where she discovers the truth. Like she never really kind of discovers the truth. Like she even at the end, she's kind of like clueless as to what actually is happening. Like she's like like her one of her last lines is something around yeah. of it's you not know the like, end of the world. It's not the end of the world, and it's like. Uh, the last shot is actually a, a, a Robert Corey like aging, like he, yeah. the, the serves where that I always gave me a bad vibe. Like the way she, the way it was delivered, her line, the way she mm-hmm. said it, and stuff. It just seems so out of place, and uh, I don't, and not even funny way. Like it's just so out of place, and the way that she's like, you know, she's like, ah ha ha. Like it's yeah. totally, like, kind of in her voice. Like I hated it. I always hated that line. It was very off. Like you just it was completely a... off. The tonality yeah. of everything was not right. And mm. then right after you just see him decay, and there's no reaction to that. Like there's no yeah, there's after no reaction. To kind of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah just I just it was it was poorly done. <laughs> like the end. It, of... it, it is. It's it, everything feels rushed and cut, and like Lazy it feels like writing. Feels like a lot of stuff was left on the floor. Like um. And I mean, we have a Peter Cushing cameo here, oh, and God, and I mean, this this is right at the period where Cushing's wife died, right? And and he was just, you know, he didn't have his heart was not in doing movies, so he's got a brief cameo here. And God damn, is that unfortunate? Because when he he's the best sh- actor in the whole film. When he shows up, the fucking thing comes alive, mm-hmm. and in his character is proactive. Like he he's like. People are dying on my ship. I'm going to find out what the fuck's happening. And it's like, yeah, okay, this movie's picking up. It's going to be Peter Cushing trying to figure out what's going on between Dr. Fibes. Oh, yeah, that would have been great. And and that would have been fucking, that would have been a great fucking movie. That would have been like, oh, shit. This is like a Stone Cold classic. He's just billowing out. Like, everyone's just, like, telling him and yelling at him. He's like, I'm sorry, but, you know, the 
I'm in charge here still. Mm-hmm. I'm the captain, asshole. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, I would love it to see. But I mean, and then, and then all he does is he just does another tongue in cheek joke at the end of it. I was like, you mm-hmm. wasted Peter Cushing on this. Mm-hmm. It looks like, like, oh, yeah. That part looked like it would have been so good. Like, it just, mm-hmm. just something, like, just completely derail something, anything. Like, there's so much authority with his character, and then it just dwindled away. That's kind of funny because, like, if you watch the first one, the jeweler is such a great dynamic character they do nothing with. But he, I always liked his acting and mm-hmm. the inflections and the kind of like you know said the vigor he had. And the same thing with Peter Cushing in this one. He's just a bit character. He comes in, but he's uh, he steals the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, he totally steals the show, and it just I feel like I I don't have the pro I don't have a problem with this movie being campy, right? Like I, I'm I'm fine up the camp, make it more silly, make it more in tune with what Vincent Price does as an actor. Cool. Mm-hmm. But the whole Peter Cushing thing is centered around that segment where the big joke is that the drunk guy gets killed and stuffed into a gin bottle. Yeah. Did he hit the bottle? Yeah. And it's just like, oh God, like that would have that would have been fine as a joke if mm-hmm. Peter Cushing continued on to the next act of the film. <laughs> right. But, but that's it, it. That was but he does That was a big climax. Yeah, it's just like, oh no, uh, Peter Cushing was getting at the bottom of this, but he doesn't. And uh oh, now we're in Africa. Now we're in fucking Africa in Egypt. Yeah, ta-da. And- well, this movie, one thing I tell you is, is the first time I've ever seen this. Right at the beginning, after the Vincent Price segment got done, <laughs> I was watching the two guys, Corey and the other guy, and I'm like, mm-hmm. all I can see is Brian Cox. <laughs> but at the same time, I could see Brian Cox playing both of these characters, either or. Like it would fit well either either one of these. I'm just like I got get get Brian out of my head. I'm I'm kind of on board for like a Doctor Fibes remake. Mm-hmm. Make a new Doctor Fibes series. It doesn't have to be movies. It could be like a Netflix series. I don't give a fuck. Oh, but, cool. but I mean, there is so much good stuff in here, and like there were stories made afterwards, like. The dude who was writing this stuff wrote like novels and shit afterwards of Dr. Fives, mm-hmm. apparently. Make it a series, please. Like, fucking make it do something and with have it, like a proper storyline for mm-hmm. uh, what's her face? Vol- 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 Volnavia. Volnavia. Yeah, because she's just Some back, kind of, right? Even if she is an animatronic, at least give it a definitive backstory. Uh, okay, so you would have to make Carolyn, you'd have to replace Carolyn Monroe in my version with someone older. That, you know, is more closer to Vincent Price's age in the whole sort mm-hmm. of timeline. But wouldn't it be better if Volnavia was the animatronic recreation of their daughter that he uses as a minion? That would be just kind of creepy and weird. It would it make would sense, work. too. Mm-hmm. And it would make sense that you have Volnavia come back after being burnt to death by acid in the first film. Yeah. Oh, no, so, she was just burnt to death. Yeah, acid. she was burnt, but... So, like, you know, her coming back is weird because it, it fits in the in the context of she's an animatronic thing mm-hmm. that he just makes a new one. Right. But right. But here it's like, no, she, all of a sudden she's like something he brought back from the dead. Somehow he could do that, but he can't bring his wife yeah, back from the dead. Like magically that. brought her back. Like all of a sudden just appears. Like he's yeah. been sleeping for three years and her body was upstairs. He was downstairs and like the whole thing got torn apart and destroyed and everything got stolen. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. think they take her body because, you know, yeah. evidence will happen. <laughs> or she wasn't dead and they basically uh, stay like she would have a fake mask that you take off and see just the skull. 
you know, later, just like he is. Oh, that that would be so cool too, right? Like that would have been yeah. that would have made more sense too. If she's walking around wearing a mask like the fucking animatronic band that yeah. he has, because he employs that band, right? Like he has those things as a trap for one of the people he kills with the with the uh, the the sandblast kill. Yeah. Where, yeah. <laughs> Wait, which I should just open up. Like, what 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 are your guys' favorite kills in in the film? Oh, I would definitely, especially for gore and stuff too. I'm definitely a big fan of the Falcon, the kind mm-hmm. of golden eagle kill. Oh, I totally thought of you as soon as I saw that kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, my probably favorite. What's yours, Lee? I really liked when she was seducing him, and his arms mm-hmm. got trapped, and then he put the key in yeah. the the dog, and then he's like, "Oh, I have to get the dog," and then breaks it, and then there's like scorpions that came out. Like such it was just such thinking. a. If he would have just waited there, they would have found him anyway, and he would have yeah. been fine. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those kind of deals. So you're horny and impatient. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, because that's because you know I was talking about Paul off this uh, about this off screen. It's like they had the opportunity to make this a little bit sexier, you know, like because they do have the uh, you can see Diana's silhouette in the tint as she's taking clothes off, and then there's like the 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 two helpers, and one of them's like super horny, like. And then the other guy's like, you don't need that trouble. And he's like, oh, this is the kind of trouble I can handle. You know, like I, yeah. I, get, a, I get a piece of her, I'd be fine. And then he sees Volnavia and she seduces him and takes him to the scorpion trap. I wasn't a huge fan of uh, Volnavia in this one. I don't know. I preferred the other Volnavia in the first one. Well, they, they, I, they, I don't again, know. he has a weaker dynamic. She doesn't have that kind of almost comical sidekick dynamic like the yeah. first one. You know, well, the the kill that always bothers me and it's not technically the kill that did it. It was the setup for the kill because I've, you know, I boa constrictors don't have fangs. And like, I hate when they, they keep having non-venomous snakes act like they have like every snake has fangs. Yeah. They have recur like you could he could have it bit it and scrape the skin like like a lot of teeth scraping. That would have been fine. And he runs and it gets a spike through his ear. But this whole Fucking every snake's got fangs. The boa constrictor asshole. Oh, like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was. I was wondering about that too because as soon as I saw the snake they used, I was like, I don't know if this is a venomous snake. No, yeah, of and, course but not. They, they but they play it like it, right? Because because he immediately he immediately cuts a slit open in his arm where he was bit and tries to suck the fucking venom out, which is yeah, because he leaves when it, when the snake hits him, they leave two fang marks. I'm like, that's not right. That's not no. even close. No. I know then, we're not all Steve Irwin, but that's not even slightly right. So let's let's come on now. And you you really got to like suspend disbelief in this one more so than the first film because this one it's like Doctor Fibes has like this almost like preternatural ability to know what's going to happen with his fucking kills. Like mm-hmm. so he so he puts this like fake mechanical shit on the snake that he sends after that dude and mm-hmm. tricks him to thinking, okay, this is a robot snake. You can't actually hurt me. And then it bites them, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, why and couldn't it, they? I mean, obviously, you couldn't use a king cobra because that's from <laughs> India. But if you mm-hmm. use like a monocle rock cobra, like a monocle cobra or something like that, or an Egyptian cobra, which makes sense, the, the monocle Egyptian cobra, and make and defang it, obviously, because mm-hmm. obviously you have to have it to be safe. But like, use that because you're going to be going to Africa anyway. Like, this yeah. is set up there. Like, they don't Co- even have bow constrictors in Africa. No, cobra works way better. Um, yeah. And everyone knows that has fangs. 
it just bugged me. I just saying like that actually scene actually bugged me too, just how they dealt with it. Because mm-hmm. you can even see, like, as soon as you see the snake, you're like, I'm not even there. This is not even high quality. And I can mm-hmm. see that's a real snake. Like, <laughs> it's just, it just really bugged me. Like, it, like you said, you ha- really have to, like, suspend disbelief. Because you clearly see it. And even the snake, like, he had to destroy it before he saw the mechanics. And this one had the mechanics on top of it. Like, yeah, I just, I was really confused. The snake scene was just one of those. And if I had a bunch of snakes, um... I wouldn't be in there trying to smash them. I'd just run out of the fucking room. Like, I- yeah, that's what I do too, right? <laughs> like, and, I, and then, it just. So, how did he know the guy was going to pick up the phone? So yeah, could- well, that's the thing is, it's such a crazy ass setup. Mm-hmm. And with, the, I mean, that is it really stretches the disbelief. Like, it's an extremely long setup to get to that point when you could have just had the animatronic snake kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. thought that's what yeah. was going to be like an animatronic snake that still bit him and was still like able to have some sort of venom or some sort of poison because you know right. they could do something with that so him and, being like oh it's just animatronic and still bite him it would have been better than why i mean like honestly it, why not why not not have an animatronic steak that makes no fucking sense that's not even venomous because you're a fucking retard and <laughs> just have someone call the phone mm-hmm Oh, there you and go. And when he picks there, it up, yes. it goes through his fucking head. Go to a shot of Volnavia dialing a number. Yeah. And, and then the guy runs in. He, he's escaped the snake. It's fine. He's running into the other room, and then the phone rings. You see a yeah. shot of Volnavia ringing, the, and then he picks it up, go, hello, and then... That yeah. was a pretty cool death, because uh, especially when you think it's going to be the snake and then that happens, I did have a, a good laugh at that. Although that mm-hmm. that will have to be that would have to be like a telescopic spike, right? Because that was way longer than the receiver of the phone. Yeah, like, way, that, way, way longer. That just doesn't even. Yeah, it was like, confined and then expanded. You know what would work if it was one of those ring old the old ones where the speakers on the thing and you got to put your head to it and like the oh, old yeah. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there's so many like this weird little problems with this film. The fan, um, the fan. Oh, the oh, fan. God, the fan scene drove me absolutely bonkers. Like it was just this large fan, which I don't know how it was being pa- powered. Like they're in the desert, and there's this yeah. massive fan. Like I don't understand where this power for this fan's coming. And yeah. honestly, like the size of the fan, in order to create a storm for all these tents, and all they're doing is going like this with it. I have felt a fan on me, and it literally is like, oh hey, it stopped. Oh hey, there it is again. And then for the guy to go in and like, I know he's all bundled up in his sleeping bag, but how do you not feel somebody tying you up? He was not even asleep because he was two minutes later. They came and tied him up. We're talking about horse tranquilizers with the the other girl. <laughs> well, this is like, I mean, we don't even have to go for how do you not notice someone tying you up? How do you not notice a giant mechanical device built around your bed that's no longer just a cot? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Fibes goes to lengths that he should not be able to do in this because because yeah. he he is desperately like rushing to egypt to beat this guy to yeah. to you know to get his key back to unlock the gate to this river and bring him and his wife back to life he has he has had no time he's just come back to life he has no had no time to you know set this shit up yeah so but there's already caves with sliding doors in it and and vast halls already set up like it's it's just he did okay say- he did say he was preparing for years before this. Uh, because but, but he the, it really quickly. Yeah, but at the same time, he's he's preparing in a tomb that already had like 
preset traps and stuff that he was not aware of, like stuff that the key fit in that he was not aware of beforehand. So like there's, you know, there's stuff that was set up that he's just like benefiting from that he could have fallen victim to as easy as any of these people could have fallen victim to like, like there's so many holes in this. And if it wasn't for the fact that the actors are so fucking good, I'd be shitting all over this movie. I'd be like, Oh my God. (laughs) But I mean, I, I like overall, I actually did still enjoy watching it, but I totally agree with you. uh, Lee, the first movie is way better, way better. Like it, like this movie's super ambitious, right? Like it, we're gonna globe trot. We're we're gonna set up vibes as more of an anti-hero. Uh, we're gonna like kind of put almost kind of um, James Bondy kind of spy gadget kind of thing into it, and it's gonna be more of an adventure film. And you you can see like they're thinking we're setting up for a third, we're setting up for a fourth, maybe even kind of thing, right? And it never happened. And I think the fact it never happens because this is so cheaply put together and like the production behind it so bad that no one wanted to really watch another one. Yeah. Um, the one death scene, I think that I just remembered it. Like I, I pretty mm-hmm. much forgotten it was the one on the boat where, where Vincent Price just comes up and like starts strangling him. I mm-hmm. just remember seeing that, and the whole thing happens so slowly. Like, this is an older guy, and you don't even think to do anything? Like, move or anything? Like, well, there's he's, no fight, there's no struggle, and just one hand on the neck, super slow. He's a, he's a, he's a 60-year-old alcoholic. <laughs> he, he can't do nothing. Like... <laughs> Like the, his whole character thing is like, yes, I'm I'm the dude's like you know sidekick or whatever, but I'm an alcoholic and I can't do shit. I, I, so so like just I don't know. There's no build up. Right, it, it was just so slow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was expecting so much more. Like there, there should, since... yeah, there should be more, right? Because the other kills are so graphic, right? You and know? so elaborate. Hold on mm-hmm. a second. There was like a whole fan and a made up cut and like. A dog with a key and scorpions in it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess you could argue, Fibes wasn't planning to kill this dude. I guess, like he, he was just like, oh, this guy's useless. But he had the gym bottle that. Well, well I mean, um, well, that was like part of like some sort of weird like advertising thing that was because it was like the gin bottle actually like was about like it, it looked like like some big fucking pre-made ad thing i i can't explain why that happened but it's there right cuz you get a shot of that gin bottle with like oh there's stats- definitely the ad but yeah, that two, had two statues next to it or whatever like it was like a old, like this elaborate fucking gin brand ad or something with the Product with placement. the yeah, I guess <laughs> it's it's so bizarre. Like that guy, he goes down to the lower decks of the ship and he finds Fibes's animatronic band. He finds uh, his wife suspended in animation. The lovely Carolyn Moreau standing <laughs> well, there doing what nothing. Is with this glass Rolls Royce coffin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just woo. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted her to come back to life. What that would be. I'm great. mad that she never came back to life. Mm. Like we spent yeah, two movies just watching her being dead and or suspended animation. Yeah, you do feel cheated. Like even at the end when they're doing going to the river, I'm like, oh wait, is she, are we gonna get her? Is she gonna come up? Like I would be cool if they even just went over to her and her eyes opened. Like yeah. I would have been cool yeah. with that. Like anything. Like I just felt like it was the biggest tease. Like there was. It, 
just so much to build up and then there's never there's just not a, re- a release yeah this is not nearly as good as the first one but it's still all right like it i don't i, I wouldn't say it's actively bad or anything like it, it, it's fun i had just, i had i had a hard time staying focused on this one well i mean like you know you could say like if i had a rated out of 10 be like yo fives is a nine fives again is like a five as like a six five yeah, that, that's kind of yeah. where I'd sit it right. Like, way worse films, but it's still not as good. No, I didn't. Yeah, because because uh, I like the performances. Like, th- there's redubbing done here, like where Fibes, like you can see where the production problems come into play. Where there's times where Fibes is not connected to his gramophone device and he's still talking. Yes! And then, and then the, but I mean that that is depicted. The way it's depicted, I'll, I'll give them credit. They try to fit it in as him thinking stuff, like you're kind of getting into his mind. But at the same time, it doesn't fit the narrative film because you're not supposed to be really in his mind. He's supposed to be proclaiming things, right? But that I was like- that was redubs, right? Like that was they cut shit out. There was there was problems in production where they had to have Vincent Price come back in and do overdubs on that shit to like explain plot points and stuff mm-hmm. but yeah they'll have this big uh, gramophone lid and he'll have to move it around when the guy's walking around the room but they'll forget that yeah yeah things like that yeah like the girl's carrying it i thought she was gonna play it like to play the trombone or try to play the i don't even know what it is <laughs> I th- like it just looked like it because it still had like the the spout and she's just standing there and it, i i obviously figured out it's just for like the sound but i really just want her to start playing it just yeah, <laughs> break out in tune. <laughs> you see the back of the bagpipes, right? Where the bagpipes are out there on the top of the mountain with the big Johnny, the the, old, the English flag going up there. Just yeah. you know, the old deal. I'm like, yeah, but bagpipes started in Rome, and I, I don't understand it. <laughs> I, I, the only thing I had with that was I don't know if the English are really associated with bagpipes. No, it's, 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 it's more Irish Scottish, but from what I understand, like a, that might some, probably someone's going to check me on this shit. If, if they listen. Well, I'm I, not the, sure. That part of it is too. Well, I was going to say bagpipe started in Rome, that kind of thing, but they don't, yeah. but I understand what you're saying there, but gramophones are not that loud. No, <laughs> no. no. no Dr. Fibes has like, it's almost a sci-fi movie in a way. Cause Fibes has technology that he just could not right. have in the 1920s. Fibes, I mean, outside of him being resurrected, of course, he basically has a Google Home in Egypt because he he walks into he, he yeah. walks into that shit and he's like lights, music, and then they respond to his voice basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, boudoir. He's got a DVD. He's got a Blu-ray player and everything hooked up already. So we're good. Yeah, and a generator, just back pocket, like just mm-hmm. out yeah. to like produce electricity. Although I well, don't crazy... you know the pyramids do that anyway. Oh yeah, no, no, they're, oh, okay. they're created. They're created by ancient aliens, so the technology was already there, right? And some there. sort of like crazy turbo thing in the the car that mm-hmm. caused a snow uh, sandstorm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which uh, there was no door on that car, so wouldn't you just move to the side? You, I mean, you could. I mean, like it was such a tiny hole too. Like it was the tiniest hole, and it's literally like, okay, why don't you just like lean against the dash so you're like. The sand goes past you. It doesn't even touch you. Like, I mean, like, amazing things can come out of tiny holes. The thing is, the, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no door in the goddamn car. Move to the side. So, like, it's a similar death to the one in the first one, right? Where the guy yeah, freezes the, uh, in the car. No. 
but yeah. but did he 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 got locked in the car, right? So he yeah. could yeah, but yeah. I mean, I don't really think he did. Honestly, when I watched that first one, he's just like, I'm so scared and feeble. I just don't know what to do. By golly, mm. yeah, yeah, just kind of like shocked. But this like literally yeah. just got hit in the face, and it's just just, just move this just move this side a little. You know, you could just duck mm-hmm. under even even if there was a door. Like there's the other one was the whole car got frozen. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. This yeah. was like this tiny little hole making sand come out. Okay, well, once the sand's in, it's fine. Like, yeah, it's it's a cool kill. Think of the logistics. Just just lock the doors of the car before he before he goes in. Like this, just well, have... honestly, if they used the car with the doors on it, let's just say, but they're in the desert, so they wouldn't anyway. But if he shut the door and saw something outside, and they tried to get it, and he could see him fighting with the door. He couldn't get the door, and he punches the window, but he couldn't open the window, yeah. and then the vents start doing that. Then that would all make sense. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, there's there's so many, like, holes in this, right? Like, it, it, it gets to the point where you, you can't suspend disbelief a lot of the times, and it, it, it hurts the film overall, mm-hmm. I think. I think Although, they tried uh, too hard with the clever deaths, because, like, the they, last movie, they, the deaths... They, yeah, they did. And although I, I will say, I did really get a big kick out of uh, Fibes eating fish. Where he, where, he, where he put the fish into his neck like he was drinking in the first film. And he brings mm-hmm. a fish bone out of his neck. <laughs> I just I just love how he eats out of the whole, like all of that. And it just makes me think, I'm like, well, he has no taste buds. Like, There's nothing. Well, well, you don't know that. Does when you look at him in his throat. Well, when you look at him without without his mask on, he's still got some flesh on his face, and he you, you could kind of assume like he can talk, so his tongue can still probably. But it's in the back of the, it doesn't even like it goes down; it passes the tongue. Well, well you get a little burp action; it'll come up, waft around the palate a little bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't maybe. Know. It's all his teeth it's must all, be terrible if he can't open his mouth. It's all sci-fi <laughs> bullshit, but you know it. Uh, it's Vincent Price hamming it up. I'm gonna fucking. Hey, go it comes it. On, a, on a DVD with both films. So if you buy the good one, you also get this one. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. So, look, I did look watch this. I, I did watch this one as a kid. I do remember it because, like, when I saw the ending, I'm like, I have seen this. I just, mm-hmm. I think, because I didn't enjoy it, I didn't remember it because I could remember well, a lot of details. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Indiana Jones did it better. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really is has connections that um, Dr. Fives rises again is a <laughs> poor choice. Yeah. You have chosen poorly. Uh, <laughs> so at the end of this movie set in 1928, Fives sings Over the Rainbow, first recorded in 1938. In later prints and the video version, a scene featuring Vincent Price singing Over the Rainbow is removed, supposedly for copyright reasons. DVD release of 2001 restores the Vincent Price sung Over the Rainbow. As I mentioned, there's a lot of hostility between Vincent Price and Robert Quarry, particularly when Price discovered that AIP was planning on replacing him with Quarry as their major horror star. At one point when Price discovered Quarry singing opera, Quarry said, I'll bet you didn't know I could sing, did you? To which Price replied, well, I knew you weren't a fucking actor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, So this was the second of a planned trilogy. The third film would have featured Fives fighting a group of Nazis or searching for the key of Olympus. Amongst the titles mentioned for the film included Fives Resurrects, 
the seven fates of Dr. Fibes or the brides of Dr. Fibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, proposed stories include Fibes being the subject of an uh, elaborate revenge plot by De- Dr. Fasalis' son from the first film and Victoria being resurrected from the dead but becoming deranged homicidal maniac far worse than her husband. Uh, mm-hmm. Reportedly, a large number of sequel scripts written all exploring different ideas were made. There was also a plan to bring Dr. Fives to the small screen of a TV series in which a reformed Fives fought crime in the 1980s. <laughs> An updated Fives film was proposed as well. Unfortunately, Fives' crisis departure from AIP and AIP's subsequent change to focus on films, which would be of a more explo- exploitation grind host fair, but the third film was never made. And so that kind of ended there. Wouldn't that be weird if it was... Uh... There was a well. I always thought they would do like a what was it? I'm trying to think of Gilgamesh or something like that. They had the power of bringing back the dead with some staff back in the Bible or something. But mm. uh, there was one. It would be like Mrs. Fives must be destroyed, kind of like <laughs> you know, like the creep. You know the you know Frankenstein must be destroyed. But like so, it's 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 Fives trying to protect the wife, but the yeah. wife's a maniac, and you get and then they both die in a fire, and then everything's better. You know, that kind of thing. That'd be a good storyline, right? Like he spent all this time trying to bring her back, and he brings her back, and he brings her back wrong. Yeah, has, oh, has, that would be and, cool. Yeah, and he has yeah. to work. He has to you know he has to deal with the folly of his ways. <laughs> and yeah. uh, Fred Gwynn comes in, but like down that road. His old pet <laughs> Sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is better. Yeah, up of the old pet cemetery. Cemetery. Uh, yeah. Uh, at one stage, American International Pictures planned to revive Count Yorga from Count Yorga Vampire as an adversary for Doctor Fibes. I don't know if this is true or not, but sounds kind of cool. Plan was dropped, at, but Robert Corey who plays Count Yorga appears in this film. Yeah, so maybe that was something they had in the works between this and uh, the first film. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like Robert Corey was probably against it anyway, because he doesn't like Vincent Price. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, scenes involving. Jealous. Yeah. <laughs> scenes involving Beryl Reed and Terry Thomas were cut from the original print due to arguments between the producers. Vincent Price had to be recalled to record additional dialogue to cover the gaps this created in the plot. This is the reason why Five says so many lines while not wired up to his speaker. And there you go. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. How um, interesting. <laughs> mm, uh, don't have any budget stuff for this. I don't think it did as well as the first Fibes from what I can see. But uh, releases on this, uh, there's at least three copies I saw on YouTube that you can check out. One of them you need to avoid because it's only it only actually comes out in one speaker like whoever fucking uploads the youtube it only comes out in one fucking speaker and they, they there fuck you up. go yeah that's fuck you um that's right now he didn't have the technology the fives had yeah uh yeah a gramophone as, sounding better yeah. than like home theater system that's mono man that's mono. Yeah. <laughs> as far as uh blu-rays goes it's in the vincent price collection there's an arrow blu-ray of this there's no like single blu-ray still like i mentioned the first one of the first dr fives interestingly enough um there's <laughs> they a, know it didn't do as well <laughs> I, no the if first you're gonna doctor, buy one by the other <laughs> no the first dr fives did well i'm saying this one has the blu-ray uh mm. not the first for, well maybe that sorry the, i misunderstood you think there's any sign kind of licensing issues going on with that holding it back uh i can't think someone of what it would be. bought the rights after maybe, maybe it 
maybe it's the somewhere under the rainbow shit. Maybe I don't. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I mean, it appears in this film. It. I think it appears in the first. I don't know. It. There's just so many shit with AOP films like getting spread all over the place too and getting bought up. I don't know. Um, right. You can don't you can know. also you can also find it in iTunes, Amazon Prime, Vudu, and multiple old DVD editions. And like Paul mentioned, there's the uh, MGM Midnight Movies collection where you can get it on a double DVD, which is probably your best buy bet. I, I would say because you don't need to buy this on Blu-ray. You don't need this as a single thing. You just just buy it with the other movie and enjoy them together. Yeah, yeah. You get yeah. a conclusion as yeah. to what happens, but if you enjoy a- enough beers during the first one, the second one will be better. Yeah, hey, there you'll, you go. You'll, you'll fall asleep that. halfway through it and not even worry about it. Lady Lee, where can people find you on the interwebs or anywhere else? Uh, I have a movie, uh, an action movie, probably just as bad as this movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about uh, that. On YouTube, <laughs> it's on YouTube. <laughs> go see your kit. Go search it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, where can people? Yeah, in here, uh, people. Uh, Paul, where can people find you on the interwebs? Well, just the YouTube's. Go to the YouTube's. Pa Brew News, and then uh, Facebook. Oil paintings by P. Rumeli. Instagram. Oil paintings by P. Rumeli, and some maniacs meat stuff. There you go. Mm-hmm. And buy his paintings. They're really good. Buy my paintings. I need money. They're really nice. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com, where you can find all of our other podcasts that we do, including the main "They Must Be Destroyed on Sight," "Cape Shit," "Blood on the Tracks." Every once in a while, some other odds and ends pop up there. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you guys. This was a lot of fun, and uh, thank you people for listening. And we'll be back when we're back. Goodbye. Bye bye.
for listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Site. For further episodes, our Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and YouTube links, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.